Hello, and welcome to another... What are you doing? Uh, I'm starting the podcast. What do you mean, starting the podcast? Well, I thought that we should start the podcast a little early and not worry about the disclaimers at all. So you think you knew more than me, huh? You think you know what's right for this podcast, huh? No, no, I just thought I was... Well, you're not making a podcast! (laughs) Trying to make me look like an (laughs) idiot! Think you know best, huh? Huh? Skipping the disclaimer? Yeah, you should be sorry. You should know better. Like talking about this podcast contains adult language. Mature situations. Overbearing landladies. Some poor schoolgirls like you. Contains abusive relationships. Not that this one is. Shut up. Contains confusing love triangles. And it contains adult books. Now say it. Say it. Welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review. This is your host Zan saying Konnichiwa. Hey guys, how you doing today? Pretty good, I'm hoping. Of course, if you're playing a drink game, remember to take a shot. Greetings, salutations, and any other hello I can use. Hope you guys are doing pretty good. I'm in a pretty good mood, even though I am alone again. Yes, another solo episode. Hope you guys aren't too bored. This is going to be a pretty quick episode. We've got some news. We've got some other things going on, but let's get on with it. Now, for those who don't know, Spark and Society that provides information and reviews about kinetically enhanced narratives. Now, what does that mean? Well, we have two podcasts, the Sparkin' Manga Review, which we're on right now, you're listening to, and the Sparkin' Movie Review. We discuss movies and mangas. Now, in this podcast, we talk about mangas. We describe what the story is about, the plot, the characters, the art design, the general overview of the story and the title itself. And we give you an informed and a little biased, but we try our best to give our interpretations of the story and if it's worth reading or not. Now, you don't have to agree with anything we say, but I've heard we're a little bit entertaining. And we're inventive and we have fun. That's the main thing. 
Hope you guys have fun listening to us. That is our main goal, for you to entertain you guys and to inform you. Now, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com. You can email me at zan, that's X-A-N, at spirekin.com if you want some personal emails. My various co-hosts have their own emails. You can check out all the information on the main page. You can leave us a voicemail at 206-350-8462. That, again, is 206-350-8462. It is toll-free. If you have a cell phone, just call, leave a message. We will play it on air. Besides that, you can check out us on Twitter under Spirekin and on Facebook under Spirekin Manga Review Group. Check us out. Join us. Listen. Check out any of our new updates and whatnot. We are informative and we're fun. Also, we have a forum at spirekin.darkbb.com. All this information is in the show notes, just to let you know, also including our random question of the episode, which is pretty fun. We have some very random ones, like what are aglets and what are the ten forms of the Ten Commandments sword look like, and a couple other questions. Now, as you can guess, this is going to be a pretty quick episode because I am alone, unfortunately. You're here to listen to me talk about manga and other things. Now, for those of you who are sending us emails about the Japan situation, which happened, for those who don't know, listen to our supplemental episode O, but you want to go to any of those links they are still on our description for this episode i'm leaving them on until we hear that things are a little better hopefully that nuclear reactor has been turned off i think that's it but as of right now things look like they're stabilizing a little bit with the reactor and also with the country itself the numbers have increased as we guessed i think it's around roughly 15 to 16 thousand have passed away and i shouldn't say passed i should say died but Either way, let's get off topic. So on that somber note, let's just get on with the news and kind of plow through this and try and look for something a little more uplifting and happy, shall we? So, our first news item is actually very depressing, sadly, because I said I didn't want to bring it up, but we're going to bring it up. Now, unfortunately, with this quake, we had a couple of deaths. Now, most of them, most of you will never know who they are. There are people who've died over no reason. And each one of these deaths are traumatic in their own way because someone has passed on and it is a very unfortunate event. Now, the individual that we're talking about, however, did a lot for the anime and manga world. And this is Hiroshi Kakoi. He actually passed away in the quake. And for those who don't know, he was the producer on Super Dimensional Fortress Macross 2 Lovers Again. He was also in the Moldiver series. He also worked on the 1980s version of Astro Boy. And he's done a couple other things for AIC, and unfortunately he passed away. He's a pretty prolific animator, and we send our prayers to his wife, Kamiko, and hope that this time is not tragic and she's able to slowly get over this. And I know I just mumbled that out, but like I said, it's very depressing and it's hard to talk about death and things of that nature. Now, on to a little bit more, well, positive news. Margaret Mag's manga creators are creating a Quake charity book. Now, as I said... The creators of Margaret Mag, which are Megumi, Hazuki, Nagamu, Nayaji, and some other creators, are creating this charity book from their shoujo anthology series, The Margaret's Mag. Now, you may not know who any of these people are. I mean, Nanaji is a person who made Perfect Tick. Hazuki made Ojo-sama wa Oyosemama. And they're making a book that all the proceeds are going to be going for the relief fund. And I know this completely rewrites everything, but that's all the news we have is about Japan, Japan, Japan. What am I going to say? It's the truth. Now, there's a couple of other writers, including the writers of Her Majesty's Dog and Mixed Vegetables and Sensual Phrase. They're all working on this together, and it should be a very beautiful and possibly depressing anthology, but if 
they can bring it over here, I suggest you buy it so that we can support any rebuilding and the relief that can be given by his money. Alright? So, let's try to do something a little bit more positive, because so far you're like, he said he wasn't going to talk about the disaster, but he keeps talking about it. So, let's get on with it. Enough of that. Into the box week it goes. So, now on to really good news. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Kodansha USA! Yes, we've talked about the fact that Kodansha has destroyed Delray. They've created their own company, Kodansha USA. So, they've officially announced that they're going to be publishing two series. Now, one series was originally released by Tokyopop, and actually, we reviewed this a long, long time ago in a place far, far away. And you're probably wondering, what am I talking about? I'm talking about... Bishojo Senshi Sera Moon! Which we reviewed in episode 60 of the Manga Review. That was all the way back in June of 2010, if I remember correctly. And yes, they're releasing Sailor Moon redone, redubbed, so it's not as 80s as it was. But they have new cover art, they've changed a lot of the designs, and they've touched it up a little bit. So that's really nice. But more importantly than that, if you remember from episode 60, I talked about that Sailor Moon is actually a sequel to an original series which Naoki Takuchi made years ago. And that series was called Codename Sailor V, or Sailor V. And Mixed Comics never picked it up, and Toei never released it over here. However, Kodansha has picked it up, so they are releasing Codename Sailor V. And will we review this if it comes out? Yes, we will. We will get to this. And this is pretty fantastic. I mean, some of you like, oh god, he's talking about Sailor Moon, he must be gay. I'm not gay. I liked the series. I thought it was inventive and different, and from a child of the 90s, man, it was a series which I grew up with. And the series is not that bad. It's not great, but it's not that bad. But, again, listen to episode 60 for all my feelings about Sailor Moon, Sailor Voy, and the fact that I, I have a crush on Sailor Mercury and Sailor Jupiter. But, again, we're going to get off this topic. Let's get into our final news segment. And that is a little bit more publishing news. Now, DMP is going to be releasing a new Josie series, and this is called Love Phobia. Now, you're probably wondering, wait a minute, it's a Love Phobia series? I wonder what it's about. Well, it's another vampire series. It's about a shy girl named Eiko whose life's shaken up by the vampire Kyo. And if you look at the cover, it looks like the vampire Kyo is doing Eiko doggy style. And there's no release at this time, but it should be coming out hopefully in September. And the series is done. I believe it finished in October, so this should be a nice release. And if you like Jose series, you will enjoy this. Now, for those who don't know, Jose is for women over the age of 19. It's for older women. And so you may like this. It may have a lot of sex in it. It may have a lot of more emotional connections as opposed to those teenage, Oh, I think he loves me. No, he doesn't love me. Yes, he loves me. No, he doesn't love me. With the shoujo. But, again, we're getting a little off topic. So, that's it for the news. Really quick. Any other news, we will let you guys know. So, let's get on with it. I've been babbling for ten minutes. So, if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I spun the one... The only... We'll get into it in a moment, but I spun. And it dictated to me that I'd be reviewing a series which is considered a modern-day bodice ripper, according to the jacket copy. It is 
originally released in December of 2000 to 2005, and was written by Miki Aihara. It was published over here by Viz Media, originally published by Shogakukan, and it is obviously a shoujo series. There's 12 volumes, but... In the current release, which I currently have, it's actually only six volumes. And why is that? Because I have the super huge edition which came out. This is literally the size of a fucking phone book. It is pretty big, so I'm not going to lie to you. And what series is this? This series is the romantic drama comedy series Hot Gimmick. Now, there's also an alternate ending to the series, which is called Hot Gimmick X, which is a novel, but we'll get into that in a moment. Now... First off, I'm going to tell you this right now. When I first started reading this series, I hated it. I fucking hated it. I didn't like it. It made me mad, and I wanted to throw the book away. Now, with that being said, let's get on with what the story is about. Now, the story is about the Narita family. They are a family of six who live in an apartment in Japan. Actually, live in an interesting apartment complex. And the reason why it is interesting is that... The apartment complex is owned by the Zaibatsu that the father, Toru Narita, works for. And so every single person in the apartment complex is an employee, or related to an employee. And the landlady of the apartment complex is the wife of the vice president of the company. Now, partnering, what does that mean? Pretty much it means that every single family has to suck up to this bitch, because one, she can kick you out, and two... Her husband can fire the relative who's working for the company, so you are homeless and you are destitute. So, this lady has a lot of power, supposedly. She's pretty much an uber bitch, we're not going to lie. She is a super bitch. She's condescending, she's rude, she's mean, and pretty much everyone is scared of her completely. And, as I said, this is about the Narita family. They comprise of the husband, Toru, who's never around this is explained later there's the mother shihoko who is the typical mother she's around she's nice she's sweet she cares about her family but she's a little out there then there are the siblings there are four of them now the youngest is hikaru he is four years old and he's a precocious little boy he's nice he's cute he just does his little thing when i read it he kind of reminded me of what nikki would do later on in life for those who don't know who Nikki is, listen to earlier episodes. Next is the youngest girl in the family, and this is Akane Narita. Now, Akane is a junior high student, and she is a slut. I mean, she is a slut. Throughout the series, you found that she's hooked up with enough guys to, well, bigger than a football team, we can assume. And actually, she is where everything goes horribly wrong, but we'll get to that in a moment. Next, you have the main character who is Hatsumi. Hatsumi is a sophomore in high school. She is in secondary school. She's in her second year. So she's been there a year. She's And she's ditzy. She's naive. And she's pretty sweet. And she has a crippling fear of the landlady's son, who is Ryoki. Now, Ryoki is prick. I mean, the first time that Hatsumi and Ryoko met, she was playing on a staircase. Ryoki saw her, and he was like, Hey! You can't play on those stairs. That's where I'm supposed to play. Hatsumi was like, we can all play together. We can have fun. And Ryoki pushed her down the fucking stairs. Just pushed her down because she was in his way. And so she falls down, hurts herself, doesn't say anything to anybody, but now she has a crippling fear of this guy. And how can you deny that? I mean, the guy assaulted her and almost killed her. 
So I can see why she has a crippling fear of him. And besides that, she's very down-to-earth. And, and finally, you have the oldest sibling, Shinogu. Now, Shinogu, he's a college student, and he's working a bunch of jobs. He is... I'm trying to think of a good analog for him from pop culture, but none comes to mind right now, because you constantly see him working different jobs throughout the series. There's a reason why, which we'll get into later. So, now that we have the Narita family and the beginning of the Tachibana family, who is the landlady and her son and her mysterious husband you never see, but before we go on, let me just clarify something. Now, even though Ryoki is a huge prick, and I mean he is a complete asshole, he is very intelligent. He is going to the top school. He constantly has tutors coming in and people to help him study and to excel to be the best he can be because of his high standings. And because of this, he seems very privileged and everyone treats him like he is God's gift to the world. So he has a very high opinion of himself. And also, this gives him license to treat his mother like complete shit. And this might be why his mom is a bitch, because her family doesn't listen to him. She does it, they don't give a shit about what she thinks. Her husband, who we haven't even got to, the president of the company, doesn't come home because he doesn't love his wife. It was an arranged marriage. He doesn't give a shit about her. He's like, okay, we had a kid. I hate my son. I hate my wife. I'm going to live in an apartment complex down the street, and I'm going to do whatever. You're on your own, bitch. So the landlady, she just, this is the only way she can control her universe. Is She has to be mean to everybody around her to spread her hate to everybody. But the family is pretty fucked up. And it explains a lot of the issues of why Ryoki is such a little prick. But, let's get off this depressing family. And, last person we have to introduce is Azusa. Now, he is a guy who used to live in the complex, and he moved away. And Hatsumi had a little bit of a crush on him. He plays a big point in this series. He moved away. And he was friends with Ryoki. Now, at first, there's a lot of speculation on why he moved away, but... Long story short, his mother passed away and he moved away to try to live with his father, sort of. So, either way. So let's go into the past. Now, in the beginning of the series. In the beginning of the series, things are going alright for the family. They kind of have homeostasis going. Toru is working, he's never at home. Shihoko, she's raising the family and raising Hikaru. Shinogo, he's there to just kind of be there. He's nice to his sisters. He's especially nice to Hatsumi for some reason. He's always there to protect her and make sure she's safe. He cares about Akane, and Akane is just kind of slutting around. Which leads to the problem. One day, Hatsumi had a really bad day. And the reason for this is because Hikaru accidentally dumped a toy into the garbage, Hatsumi decided, I'm going to go look in the garbage to see if I can get Hikaru's toy out so he doesn't cry and have a fit. And as she's looking through the garbage, her friend Subaru shows up and says, hey, I can help you out. And so they're looking through the garbage, looking for this toy, and the landlady bitch shows up and says, oh, look, it's one of those Narita cockroaches. Your family breeds like cockroaches. I don't know why you're in this place anyway. If it was up to me, I'd kick you out. Now, what do you think Hatsumi does? Does she woman up and tell this bitch to go to hell? No. She does the thing which is the best for her family. She shuts up and just really bows her head and looks contrite so she doesn't shame her family. So, already, her day is not going so good. And so, after this, Hatsumi decides, I'm going to go to school. I don't have to deal with this. I'm sorry. She finds a toy eventually, brings it to the brother, goes out, and Akane looks really nervous 
And Hatsumi's like, hey, sis, what's the problem? And Akane's like, sis, uh, I need your help. And Hatsumi's like, what's wrong? And Akane's like, I'm late. And you're like, really? She's a fucking junior high student who's, who's her period's late? Are you fucking serious? This is within maybe ten pages of the beginning of the book, so you're like, what the fuck? So, as you can guess, she thinks she's pregnant. And since she's a junior high student, she can't go to the pharmacy to pick up a pregnancy test. Right? Right. So she begs her older sister, please, 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 will you buy this for me so I don't get embarrassed? And Hatsumi's like, fine, I'll go. But if I get caught, I'm going to get in trouble. So... In one of the most creative scenes I've seen in a long time in manga, Hatsumi actually gets a wig. She gets different clothes, like pop clothes that her sister has, and she looks like a completely different girl. It was done very well. Like She doesn't do magical transform. She actually disguises herself to look like a slutty girl, goes in the store, looks for the pregnancy test, and she bumps into a guy and drops the stuff. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And the guy looks at her and is like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Here's your pregnancy test. And she looks at him for a second. He's like, he looks familiar. And she kind of freaks out for a second, thinking, oh, God, he's going to know who I am. And she runs away. So now she's bought the pregnancy test. After buying it, she walks away, kind of changes back into normal Hatsumi. And she's walking around, and she bumps into the douchebag. She bumps into Ryoko. And Ryoki, as she bumps into him, she is frozen with fear. And he notices her bag, and he's like, oh, so you got knocked up, huh? And she's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And he says, yeah, you got. A, I see your pregnancy test. You got knocked up, huh? That must have been fun for you. And she's like, I, it, it's for my sister. It's not for me. It's for my sister. I, I don't even know. She's freaking out. It's like, please, please don't. My, my sister, she doesn't know what she's doing. Please don't tell your mom and get in trouble. Please don't. Please don't. And she's begging this guy not to rat them out because she knows that this will make their family look bad. And so Ryoka's like, all right, fine. I won't tell mom, but in exchange, you gotta be my slave. And you think, oh, slave, make her do dirty work. No. Immediately he starts to grope her and molest her right there. And from then on, Ryoki is holding this huge pendulum error that Hatsumi doesn't want anyone to find out about. And he's holding it over their heads, and she's, he's blackmailing her to do what he wants. And after a day of this, because she can't tell anybody, she doesn't want to tell her sister, because it turns out her sister didn't even need her to get the pregnancy test, because the minute that Hatsumi left, she got her period. So this happened for no reason. And so she has to deal with this control freak guy, Ryoki, who wants to do everything with her. Eventually he finds out that she's still a virgin, because he's trying to read a book like on how to hook up with a girl. He's like, wait, no, you're acting differently. You're a virgin, aren't you? But doesn't matter, I still want to do you. And you're like good he's a rapist brilliant and so let's introduce azusa azusa has come back from wherever he went and immediately he's like the what knight in shining armor he goes there and he says don't treat hatsumi like that she's not a slave and he tries to save her and help her out and hatsumi having a crush on him is immediately enthralled by this guy obviously you're going to think at this point azusa is the white knight he's the good guy in the series No. Through a bunch of circumstances, which I really don't want to get into, because it's really long and, well, honestly, it's kind of confusing, turns out that Azusa wants revenge against Toru Narita, 
Hatsumi's dad because he's under the impression that the reason why his family got broken up is because of Hatsumi's dad was having an affair with his mom and then he left her mom without leaving his wife so therefore he has to get revenge and he's going to get revenge by trying to get a bunch of guys to gang rape Hatsumi which it kind of is a what the fuck moment and you're like okay so you're a douchebag guy we thought was cool is actually a douchebag nice so then from there we have now what are you going to do it turns out that as he set up this elaborate plan who comes to the rescue of the girl Ryoki Ryoki shows up and he saves the day now you're like wait a minute this guy who pretty much tried to rape her in the beginning was using everything possible to rape her is now he saves her and he's in love with her but he treats her like shit really you don't know who the fuck to root for Honestly, I think that's brilliant. I mean, that first part, I hated it. It was a generic series where it was, okay, douchebag is controlling girl, guy is going to save girl, guy is going to hook up with girl, the end. And then they say, okay, we're going to start off like that, but then we're going to turn it on its head. And so we'll make, this guy is a, the good guy is a bad guy, but the bad guy isn't a bad guy, he's more of a gray guy. He's not good, he's not bad. And then let's throw in the fact that the older brother isn't her brother. He's actually her half-brother, and he wants to sleep with her. And then let's throw in the other fact that you have the best friend, the guy who from the beginning who I didn't talk about for a while. He kind of likes Hatsumi, but then he ends up hooking up with Akane. But the best part about that is that from this point on, everything's gotten all jumbled, and Akane wants to know what the hell's going on. She's kind of depressed. So she talks to Subaru, the guy I told you about earlier who is... Ryoki's best friend and Hatsumi's best friend and he likes her but she's been kind of playing him so she says okay fine we'll meet we can meet at the bus station at four o'clock in the afternoon I'll meet you there so Akane goes she's waiting at the bus station waiting four o'clock four thirty four forty five no one's shown up so she picks up her phone dials his house and Subaru's older sister picks up and said hello can I speak to Subaru please she's like uh oh he's right here Subaru is sitting there watching an anime being like, eh, hang up, I'm watching an anime, I'll talk to you later. And immediately when I saw that, I was like, yes! <laughs> a perfectly executed otaku who thinks more about anime than a girl. But within a panel, he's like, oh shit, I was supposed to meet her, fuck! <laughs> and he runs over there and he shows up at 5 o'clock, they end up hanging out. He kind of salvages the situation, but either way. This series is... A super soap opera. And I wouldn't even classify this as a shoujo. This is more of a jose, because it is what the fuck. Like I said, Hatsumi's in the middle of this huge pentagram where it's like, Subaru liked Hatsumi, but now he likes her sister Akane. Azusa is playing with Hatsumi, because he can't really love anybody, because he hates her father. But she's in love with him, and he's going to try and steal her away from Ryoki, who is in love with her, but he treats her like shit because he doesn't know how to deal with people. And then throw in the fact that Akane is a whore who wants to hook up with Ryoki because she thinks that her sister is in love with him, and then she's actually in love with Subaru, and then throw in the fact that there's this girl who works with Azusa, who is his boss from a model company who he whored himself out to because he's a stupid prick, and then throw in another character, and you're like, what the fuck? Seriously. If you are able to follow that long sentence, you will understand this series. Otherwise, you'll be, what the fuck? Seriously. Now, the art style is very shoujo-y. It's very bright. It's very pretty. Even though the subject is very sinister. And you're probably wondering, what do I mean by sinister? It is about an re- abusive relationship. 
let's get to brass taxes. This is about an abusive relationship between Ryoki and Hatsumi. And yes, maybe the fact is that Ryoki doesn't know how to deal with people. He has a lot of issues. We're not going to lie. And yes, he tries to uh, slowly come out of his shell and act like a normal human being instead of being like, You're not allowed to talk to that guy for more than a minute! You have to be here at 10 o'clock! I said you had to be here at 10 o'clock! Why are you looking at that? I told you not to look at that! Literally, that is this guy's dialogue. He is a freaking abuse case waiting to happen. I mean, fucking seriously. And I know, this episode I am talking really loud. And why am I talking really loud? Because, really, there's nothing I can say about this series. Which is not this... It's fucking crazy. But my point is that it's about a, this guy's abusive relationship with this girl who is afraid of him. And slowly she starts to realize he's a person, but she's still deadly afraid of this guy because this guy is a douchebag. But... If you think about a lot of relationships nowadays, that is the case. You have the weaker member who's stuck there because the controlling partner won't let them go and is so obsessed with them, even if something better comes along. But this poses the theory of what if the thing that you think is better is not better. It's actually worse. I mean, I only read up to the third volume of this series, which actually means that I read up nine volumes of this series. And at that point, I was rooting for her brother to hook up with her. And even though it's not her brother, it is her stepbrother who's in love with her. And he actually has all these jobs because he wants to move away. So he's not tempted with the fact that his adopted sister is the person that he wants to bang. Like I said, it is very whoa. The story is crazy. The plot is pretty good. Like I said, the plot is it's inventive. It takes the original dynamic and flips it on its head. And that is really good. Now, the bad thing is that that opening chapter the opening volume the first half of the volume is rough to get through it is hard if you don't like this type of story you're not going to get through it i mean i had to push myself because like i said this is a pretty fucking big book and i after that first time i was like i want to throw this against the wall but i was like you know what i bought this book i spent 15 dollars on it i am going to finish this to the end and and i will not deny that i do not regret buying this it's a good series. It's not a great series. Don't get me wrong. It's not a great series by any leaps of the imagination. I don't want to finish this series. I mean, I could take it or leave it, to be honest with you. Let's get into the rating. Now, for those who don't know, Spirekin has a weird type of rating system. Now, unlike other podcasts which use numbers, stars, points, we use phrases. Now, our lowest rating is take it to a priest, purify it, burn it, and piss on the ashes. So our highest rating, really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't buy this manga now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell up, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zomo Gustar. Bwahahaha. This series, after everything, I'm going to have to give this, based on its plot, the artwork, the characters, and the overall feeling I got from this, I'm going to have to give this a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. Okay, but forgettable. Our middle-of-the-ground rating. And the reason why it got so high, I really enjoyed the turn. It was a good turn. Once it got past that opening part, it got really good. Also, the fact that for $15, you get three volumes in one volume. That's really good. I mean, I will admit, I don't like the fact that the cover has the folds on it. It's actually a pretty big manga. It's not like my regular mangas, which will fit in my bookshelf. This I have to actually put up with my real books, like my Narnia, my Dark Tower, and my Lord of the Rings. So I don't like that. I don't like putting it up there. I want to put it with my regular mangas, and I can't because it's a little bit bigger than usual. But, it wasn't a bad read, I'm not going to lie. It was enjoyable for what it was. Will I finish this? As I said, I'm not going to finish this. Once I'm done with this, I'm going to go, I'm going to eBay this book, see if I can get rid of it, or, better yet, I'll go to back to Borders and return it and exchange it for something else, something I can enjoy. It's not a bad series. I mean, 
for you romance types, you will love this series. It is very intriguing and lovely. Now, is it a bodice ripper? I don't think so. Because that is actually what says on the jacket. Modern day bodice ripper. It's not a bodice ripper. It's an abusive story. I mean, there is no sex in this. There's literally points where he's groping her. But it's not like a passionate, I love you, I love you type of situation. It is rather bland. And while I do like a lot of the supporting cast and the main character, it just, I don't know. I just couldn't, I can't see myself investing any more time in this series. I can't. And I'm going to leave it alone at that. I really am. Just, I'm not going to go any further. We're done with that. Either way, remember you can check us out at www.spyrkin.com. You can email us at spyrkin at gmail.com. You can email me at zan at spyrkin.com. That's X-A-N, not Z-A-N. Remember you can call us at 206-350-8462. And we're on Facebook under Spyrkin Manga Review. Or you can check us out on Twitter under Spyrkin. We put all our updates, all of our things there. And I think that's it for this episode. There is one last thing we have to do, and that's the thing I've been hinting at before. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one... That only the will of manga. Yes, friends, the wheel of manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the wheel of manga? The wheel of manga is a wheel of fortune with ten slots on. And what we've done is we've assigned a manga to each of the slots. And what we're going to do is we're going to spin the wheel of manga. Whatever number it lands on. That's what I'm going to be reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin' Manga Review. Either way, so let us spin and see what we're reviewing in the next episode. Number 8. Now what is this manga which is number 8? A series similar to Vandred but different completely. Next episode I'm reviewing Saber Marionette J, an oldie but presumably a goldie by Tokyo Pop. We'll see. It's been a while since I've actually looked at that manga. It's somewhere around here. But we'll see. So... I guess that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I, as you can tell, I had fun reading and actually raising my voices. Finally, one last thing. For those of you who were offended by the warning in the beginning of this episode, I do not condone abusing your significant others. I think it is not manly. It is not cool. It makes you seem like you are less of a man or less of a woman, depending on who is the abuser. It makes the abuser seem like less of a person because of what they do. And for those who say a man can't be abused by a woman, look at those short guys who are dating those really big, scary women and tell me that's not the case. Those big women like Grace Jones-level women are beating the shit out of those guys. But I will say this. The majority will be men. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be men who are going to be the majority of the abusers, and I think that's just it doesn't make you a man to do that. A woman is supposed to be cherished and taken care of, not beaten into submission. Some cultures believe that's true, and... Well, I can't, I have to respect their decision. It doesn't mean I have to like it. So, like I said, we don't condone it. We don't appreciate it. This will be repeated in the show notes. So, I can't say anymore. Alright? Also, just let you know, episode 30 has finally been released. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And I guess it's for this episode. So, as usual, this is your host, Zion, with Spark and Mong Review. And we are done today.